Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey, what's up? She did it her way, Mavens. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Bolin. And today I'm interviewing a wonderful woman who has made a career and created a business around coaching and training non-native and native English speakers on public speaking. This lady serves clients in the Bay Area, including some of the most impressive names like Facebook, Twitter, Netflix, and LinkedIn. And her name is Ann Ricketts, and she owns Lighthouse Communications. And you guys will hear in the first five minutes of this podcast, you'll learn about how Ann used her network to get such an impressive client list and how she faked it until she made it her business. And we also get into talking about how women and our natural state to be apologetic in multiple ways. And I can't tell you how good this stuff is. And she also, Anne also shares her fantastic tips and strategies for putting together an engaging presentation. And so what we've done, we've created a helpful printable for you guys to walk through and use when you're preparing for your next public speaking opportunity. So if you guys are subscribed to the email list, it's already in your inbox, but if you're not and you'd like to get the special handout, just visit the show notes for this episode over at she did it her way podcast.com backslash interviews backslash Ann Ricketts, A-N-N-E-R-I. C-K-E-T-T-S to download it. So without further ado, let's dive in and talk about how to master public speaking unapologetically with Ann Ricketts. Hey, Ann, how are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm so glad we get to chat today. Just from the high level, I think what you're doing with Lighthouse Communications is super cool. And so I would love for you to like share. So share with us how is it that, like, how did you get started and build Lighthouse Communications? Okay, cool. So my company is called Lighthouse Communications, and I'm, it's basically um, doing communication workshops and one-on-one coaching at different places in the Bay Area. And it just happened really, it, it basically just happened by saying yes to an opportunity. Well, I guess initially... I was uh, I went to high school in the Bay Area, so I knew somebody who works at is pretty high up at Facebook, and I just was like sitting in my office one day. I had a full time teaching job, and I was it was kind of downtime in between semesters. And I wrote this person. I said, "Hey, I teach. Uh, my background is in English as a second language, so teaching ESL. And I know I know that there are a ton of international people working at tech companies, especially engineers. So I wrote him and I said, Hey, I'm, you know, an English as a second language special specialist. Do you think you have any of these classes at Facebook? And he, he introed me and then they were willing, they said, yeah, design a class and come teach it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just it was really- like throw it together. And then they're like, yeah, let's do it. I know. Now looking back, I'm like, Oh my God, I was so, I just, yeah, but really lucky to get that intro. And then, um, and then they said, 
hey, can you teach presentation skills to everybody, not non not just non native English speakers? And at first, my first thought was like, no, but then I thought, yeah, you can. So I said yes, and I designed a full day workshop and. You know, it was a lot of work to put it together and just kind of faked it till I made it, and then it, it went it went well. And then they kept giving me more and more classes. So at some point, about six months in, I had to make you know I couldn't keep doing my full time job and then doing that. So I researched it, and it seemed that at all these companies, the kind of work that I was doing, you know, people just do it on their own. So I decided, like all really quickly in the fall of 2013, to start my own business. So I came up with the name and, uh, you know, I just, I figured out the finances and I just said, you know, I think I can make this work. So I just went for it. That is amazing. So you were, you were an English teacher and then you just started out doing with like Facebook. So how, like, tell us how your business has evolved since then. Yeah. So that, so I had one client when I started Facebook and then Um, and then, so I was focusing on presentation skills for everybody with this kind of niche background of doing, um, non-native English um, speaking stuff. So I think that was really what I, I marketed that as my, you know, what separated me from other communication consulting companies, which I think was worked out pretty well for the Bay area because there's just so many global companies. So that was kind of what I was pitching. And then I just really worked my network, you know, of, uh, people I knew from growing up and running clubs and different things and asked for introductions. And then I, um, my second client was Twitter. So how did you get Twitter? I knew this girl from, I used to be a a runner and I knew this girl from my running club and I asked her for an intro and she introed me and same deal. I, I met with the women and they said, you know, that's interesting. We've had this issue of, you know, we have so many people asking non-native English speakers asking for help, but they don't want to go to an English school. That's too basic. They want, you know, some high level coaching. And so they, um, it was the right place, right time. They, they, they were actually looking for something like that. So. Oh my goodness. So then with English as a second language, is that something you offer? And then presentation, talk to us about the workshops you do for women. Yeah. So then that kind of happened just evolved naturally as well. So the first workshop I ever did for Facebook, that presentation skills workshop, it just so happened that it was all women, which is unique at tech companies because usually the ratio is like nine guys to one woman. So it was like, whoa, there's just a whole a 10 women. So it was really great. It was a great workshop. Everyone was really supportive. And, and at the end of the day, the women were commenting about how special it was that it was just women and they felt really comfortable and they felt like they could share and it just made for a unique experience. So I shared that with Facebook and they said, great, why don't we do, you know, your workshop, but just tweak it so it's just for women. So, you know, it's really the similar content, but it was focusing on what are some unique challenges that women have in male dominated fields. Mm. Um, what are some things that they struggle with, like apologizing, uh, you know, feeling like the imp- getting over the imposter syndrome? Yeah. What do we struggle with? I'm curious about, like, teach us that. <laughs> um, I would say a lot of women, and I noticed I just did it as well when you said, how did you get started? I said, oh, I just got lucky to get that intro. So basically we give give credit to other people for our accomplishments and and assume that it's just luck. That we got lucky, whereas a guy would be like, "Yeah, I, I was awesome." <laughs> like, duh, of course I did it. No, yeah, yeah, I did it. And the other thing, you know, relates to the story of that I was telling of, like, a lot of times if somebody asks you, "Can you do this?" 
And we, if we have, you know, four out of the five qualifications, we'll say, you know, I don't have that fifth one. I got to, you know, I'll come back to you later. Whereas a man might say, yeah, I've got three out of five, like, let's do this. So I think that's the other thing is uh, saying, saying yes to opportunities, just believing that, believing in yourself that you'll figure it out as you go. That's something else I see a lot. Um, And then in terms of communication, it's, a lot of disclaimers or apologies are really not fully owning our credibility. So that's a thing that we do in the workshop is just pointing those things out, talking about the struggles and talking about strategies to overcome it and just pointing it out and just kind of building awareness of how much we apologize, how much we give disclaimers, how much we use filler language, things like I was just wondering if, or sorry to bother you, things like that, that really we don't, we don't need to, doesn't need to be a part of our vocabulary. Yeah. What is, you said the disclaimer. Mm-hmm. What is that? Mm. A disclaimer would be, um, for example, starting a presentation with, I'll just go over this quickly before I bore you, or I just put this together last minute. You know, trying to lower the expectations in case you bomb, like you feel better, but really, I, it's just people are going to think what they think anyway. So just go for it and, and project the most confidence that you can. That's so interesting. I, the, I think I, yeah, I probably do that a lot, yeah, but we you, all do. Yeah, I do too. But it's just, I think we all do, but just being, you know, and men do it too, but just kind of catching yourself doing it and, and trying, trying to cut down on those is good. So how did you, build your courses and material. You said you were an English teacher. Like, where did you get your content to build a workshop? Well, a lot of research and reading and my parents, actually, my mom was a teacher for a long time and my stepdad was in tech, is is still in tech. So he kind of brings that business perspective. So at the beginning, it was a lot of driving down to my parents' house on the weekend and um, you know, building the content, practicing for them. And then as I've gone, uh, as I've grown, I've been able to pull in more people. So I, I got my master's in San Francisco. So I have a couple English teachers that I know from grad school that helped me with the English as a second language content. And for the women's workshops and presentation skills workshops, it's um, a lot of trying it out. You know, I build the course and then I get feedback from participants and I tweak it. So it's constantly, it's constantly evolving. Um, last week, actually, I just did a workshop for women. So at Twitter, they have a women's group called super women at Twitter SWAT. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I've been working with them and last week we did a storytelling workshop and I collaborated with another woman. So I was, and actually this is how I met Rockman, our friend. I was going to, um, this, this storytelling event in Oakland because I wanted to learn how to be a better storyteller. And this host, Kay Demartini, she's a great storyteller. So I, I um, asked her if she would collaborate. So now it's a lot of collaboration, which is really fun. Very cool. So um, am I echoing, by the way, Anne? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not. I'm, I feel like I'm echoing on my end. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, annoying. Yeah. Sorry about that, if you guys can hear it. Um, so when, like, talk to us about to the presentations, like what are some things that let's say we're, we're up in front of a room that, and we got to give a presentation. What are some of the like key things that we must absolutely do and then be aware of? Sure. Well, I would say part of it is in the preparation. I think a lot of times 
people just do their presentation preparation by just going straight to building their PowerPoint, something like that. And they haven't really thought through what does their audience already know? What's really going to interest them? What's their interesting insight? What's their main message? So I always tell people taking a step back before you build your slides or your visual aid and really think through the content. That's key. Uh, And if you do that, you're going to get a much better result. So part of it is in the prep. The other part is kind of related to disclaimers, but it's more in the vein of filler language. So when you give a presentation, start off strong, like start off with a hook, start off with a story. Don't start off by introducing yourself for the first minute or don't start off by going over housekeeping items. Like this is going to be an hour. I'll give you a break in the middle, da, 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 because that's what everyone does. And it's not very interesting. So start off with something really interesting. And then after you tell your little story, then you can say, you know, I'm Ann Ricketts. And today I'm going to talk about presentation skills. So I think that's the biggest thing, like quick, small change, but huge result. If you get in the habit of hooking your audience before you talk about yourself, that's, that's going to make a huge difference. And finally, I would say having stories. And that's part of the reason I went to the storytelling workshop. And it doesn't have to be you know, let's say that this person's an engineer and they're giving a technical presentation. It doesn't mean that you have to tell some story and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, why is this guy telling a story? It, it could be just giving the background story of how this idea started or the visionary story of why we're doing this. I think a lot of times the context is missing in presentations. So the more stories you can tell, the more anecdotes, you know, humor, kind of sprinkle in a little bit of fun. That's going to make your presentation much more memorable. Mm-hmm. Are there like building blocks that people should have uh, mapped out for their presentation? Like are there certain chunks to a presentation that you recommend people follow? Yeah, definitely. So starting off with with whatever your hook is, whether it's a question to the audience, whether it's a little story, and then it comes into – you know, why we're here today and and what does it mean to you? What are you going to get out of this? And then I think it's limiting yourself to no more than three big points, kind of like the five paragraph essay in high school that in college that everyone did. And then we forgot about it. It's like (laughs) limiting yourself, which is so important. So people don't want 10 points. So figure out what are the three most important things, the three most interesting things. And once you start limiting yourself to three, you'll notice that you know, your other points are redundant or it's, or it's not really necessary to tell. So then three main ideas with specific examples, and then you have a nice conclusion Mm. that summarizes it all up. That's really the basic structure of a a presentation, I think. Yeah. What are your rules on PowerPoints? Uh, Less (laughs) is more. Less is more. And again, not don't do your PowerPoint until you figured out your main message, your story, because what I see is, people just using their, their PowerPoint as a repository for notes. So that they're talking and their, their visual aid, their PowerPoint mirrors exactly what they're saying. So you don't, you don't need to do that. In fact, that's really difficult as a listener to split your attention between reading a slide and listening. And, and when you're asking the audience to do that, they're probably going to do nothing because it's like, they don't know what to do. So have visual slides, less is more. If you do need phrases uh, or words, keywords, reduce to you know short, short phrases or keywords, not whole sentences. And a lot of times people say, well, I need to have a lot of text in my slides because 
I'm going to send them out after, or a lot of people are going to just read my presentation later and they're not going to see it. Then I would say you need two versions. Maybe you have a a text heavy version that you're going to send out and then you have a really um, simple version that you're going to present with. Mm, That's a really good idea. I never thought of doing that. Yeah. Um, so less is more, basically less is more go through, you know, after you make your initial slides and just cut down, edit, 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 and then get somebody as well. Who's really good at slides to kind of look at yours, help you build a template. And then once you have one good template, you can kind of build the others off of that. Hmm. So what I, I would be curious, I'm sure you probably work with a ton of people in terms of that don't like getting up in front of a room. Yeah. I would say that probably people like you and I are like, yeah, let's get up in front of a room. But I'm, I think it's safe to say that not everybody feels that compelled. So how do you, when you work with people or you see that, like, how do you coach them to get comfortable getting outside that comfort zone and up in front of people? Yeah, I, it's, it's really interesting. I, I really, I really enjoy this aspect of my job is trying to see people, we're helping people get comfortable throughout the day. And I think the biggest thing is kind of realizing that you need to be yourself. It's like anything like I always give this dating analogy that if you're on a date with somebody, you don't want the date to be giving the answer, like their 10-year plan, their five-year plan. You really want them to be connecting with you, you know, listening. So just because you're the speaker doesn't mean that you need to memorize your speech from start to finish and talk endlessly and just get through your script. It's more important that you're connecting. So how you connect is by being yourself. So really kind of getting, um, thinking about being conversational. So imagine what do you like if you're sharing an idea or you get home at the end of the day and you're talking to your husband or wife about something you learned at work, like that's how you want your style to be like a passionate conversationalist. So getting people, you know, like, okay, at first they'll go up, they'll go up to the front of the room and there's, you know, they're stiff as a board and they're, they're kind of robotic. And then it's like, okay, loosen up your body language a little bit, maybe shift, have, have uh, weight, your weight on one leg. And just imagine that we're your friends and you're talking to us about something you just learned or your project. And once people can kind of get into the mind frame that it's just a conversation, it's much, their delivery is much better and they're usually less nervous because they're not feeling like it has to be this perfect thing from start to finish. And I, I tell this story. I was just at a wedding recently where the, the groom, the groom was American and the bride was from Brazil. So the minister was going to do part of his, part of his speech in, in Portuguese and he forgot so there was this moment where he even said, oh, man, I studied this and I knew it. And then he turns to the bride and she kind of feeds him the lines in Portuguese. And it was actually really nice. Oh. Like, if you make a mistake, it's OK. The audience is with you. Nobody's going to remember. And it actually made it human. And there was nice interaction between the bride and the minister. And it's no big deal. So, again, more important that you're connecting with the audience and you're being human than it's perfectly memorized. Yeah. Uh, so then going along with that and the presentation, what is something that like you've seen someone do that's like a big no, no. Mm. Like if we were to like eliminate one thing and be really conscious of the one thing, what would that be? Oh man, I'm thinking of three things. <laughs> Give us three things. <laughs> um, well, they're the kind of, relate to what I just said. The, the one thing is don't start off talking about yourself. 
it's just habit. So here, here's who I am and here's my project, but really think of your content, not through your lens, but the audience's lens. So make it about them. Here's, here's what you can get from the, here's an interesting story. I thought that relates to you. So it's about them. So don't start off talking about yourself. That's number one. The second thing is what I just said about not memorizing, not worrying about memorizing your script. So think of it as a conversation, build in questions to the audience, um, stop and, you know, pause and it's okay to look at your notes. So think of it more as a back and forth, not a, I'm going to just get through this memorized script. That's going to be huge in terms of your connection and also your nerves. So that's a big no, no, don't, don't memorize. Um, I mean, you can memorize, but make it conversational and have a connection to the audience. And, and the third thing would be a big no, no. I for, Oh, it left me. Oh no. <laughs> Hopefully it comes back. Um, And it's to have stories and different anecdotes built in. So don't just do a deep data dive and get into, you know, this point, this point, this point, edit down. Sorry, let me be more clear. So my third point is edit. (laughs) (laughs) People don't want everything. So what are the three most important things I need to share and edit it down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What I'm curious to communication over generations. Is that something that you see happen? Like how the communication styles are different. You know, it's really interesting. I just read this article by this woman, Nancy Duarte. She's known for being a, a slide presentation, visual aid expert, and she's given a Ted talk. And in her article, she talks about going to the Stanford library and researching marketing pitches from the 50s and 60s. And she said when she went in, she expected that she was going to see, wow, we are so much better today, how we've evolved. And actually, she found the opposite. She found that the points were crystal clear. People had had, um, stories. And she said, wow, like, it's almost like we've regressed. And she she attributes it to kind of the, the technology over relying on PowerPoint, over relying on these slides. So that's kind of back to my earlier point is don't go and, and build that first. First, think about what's your message? What's the interesting insight? So in a way, we've, we've gotten lazy because of these different, um, different power, technologies that we have available to us. So I think that we've, we've forgotten about the basics. So there's a lot of power in mastering the basics, I think. So we need to almost get back to the, get back to the way we were. Mm. So that, yeah, that's really interesting. especially with all the technology and the way that we can communicate, how do you see, um, like, have you seen a trend in communication since you've been in it for the past few years and just how it's changed even more down to like specifics? Cause that was over like a period of time, but have you seen, the way, like just from working with your clients, have you, have you seen a trend in communication? I would say that there's a trend uh, to kind of get back to what I was saying. It's like, it's not quite happened yet, but people realize like, oh my God, I need stories. And so now storytelling is a big buzzword. You know, I just did that workshop last week. Like people know that and they're not quite sure yet how to do it, but they know it. So we're trying to get back there. I would say people also realize that, um, the slides, 
really bad habit with the slides. And so they've heard less is more, but again, they're not quite sure how to do it. So I think that the trend is people realize that we have to get back to the basics, but they need a little bit of help getting there. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where, you know, people like myself come in, but I would say that's, that's really the trend is that people have heard that, but they want help with it. Um, trying to think what other trends that I see. Um, a lot of uh, another trend that you've probably have you got, have you seen the Pantene Pro V commercial for um, apologies? I think I have, but not a hundred percent. Yeah, it was something about uh, um, sorry, not sorry. So there's this commercial where they show women apologizing in different scenarios in the workplace, at home. Like a guy will bump into a woman and she'll say sorry, and then then they then they show those same scenarios again where the woman doesn't say sorry. You know, it's just not like she's rude, but she'll say, excuse me, or, you know, she just doesn't say sorry unnecessarily. And so then it's, then they show hashtag sorry, not sorry. So I'm seeing that trend a lot in my women's workshops where women are really aware. They've seen it in commercials. They're aware that women over apologize. And so now it's like a heightened awareness of this. That's I, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. I'm going to go watch that one. One of my friends, he also told me that and tell me if you run into this, but he also said that women at the end of their conversations are more likely to say, I don't know. Is that one of those disclaimers is we're just, we, we give something. And then if we're unsure, we say, I don't know. Have you ever heard of that? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a really good one. I hadn't thought about that in the same bucket, but it absolutely is. It's like, we kind of talk about something and then, we said, I don't know. Yeah. And he like said that to me and I noticed how many times I said that. And then I started noticing my girlfriend saying it and I go, did you know that? And it just, yeah, it's an awareness piece. But I also see on your, your website, you have a women's workshop and it said your pursuit of persuasion. So oh, yeah. tell, share with us, like, I'm really intrigued by the persuasion and how that in, ties into what, what we are. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's a fun one. I, I I designed for Facebook Tech Women's Day. So all the women in the technical role go to this day. And so I did this workshop. And I think that it's a like it shows another trend in communication that women are really interested in persuasion because a lot of women came to this workshop. And so it's it's 90 minutes and it was basically it boils down to three points to be persuasive. And uh, the first is be on target. And when I say target, I mean your audience. So back to that earlier point of not thinking about the content, whether you're in a one-on-one -on -one meeting or a big presentation through your lens, but really thinking about the audience. So I talk about three important questions you want to ask yourself from the audience's perspective. And just so you know, they are, uh, why should I care? What does it mean to me? And I never thought of it that way. So coming up with some interesting insight for them, oh, some, cool. something fresh, something new, instead of telling them, you know, like, for example, let's say you go into a pitch with a client and you're telling them the mission of your company. Chances are they already know the mission of your company. So instead of saying that, what's something new, what's something different that you can share with them? Um, so that's the be on target. And then the second point is beyond point, which I think, which is basically how to be concise, how to be crisp, which is something that I actually, that's like the biggest thing that I know I struggle with. And I, I see a lot of men and women, it's not a gender thing, struggle with is how to be more to the point. So why do you think I, we're not? 
I think because we haven't thought through our content before we start to speak. So we're figuring it out as we speak, which sometimes we don't have the choice. You know, it's hard because we're so busy and people are like, you know, I've got 10 meetings in a day. I can't prepare for all of them. And I understand that. But let's say that it's a big meeting, taking some time before and writing down what are some what are some things that I think, what are some points that might come up that I want to make and having those ready to go and, and, and forcing yourself to start with your point. For example, in emails, I noticed when I first made the switch to education to business, my emails were really long and people weren't responding. And I asked uh, my stepdad to look at it and he was like, these are way too long. So now I, <laughs> yeah, people don't have time to read that. So now I, I really force myself to get, to start with my point, whatever it is, the point, of the email, I start with that. Maybe I bold it and then I explain. So instead of explaining, 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 getting to my point, I reverse that. Here's my point. Let me give a brief explanation. Here's my point. Let me give a brief explanation. So I think just making that one switch of getting to your point, figuring out what your point is before you start to speak or send the email is really important. So that's the second piece is be on point. And then the the third one is be on fire. So then that's where we talk about not apologizing, giving disclaimers, speaking loudly, slowing down, all these little things that we can do when we're up in front of a group of people to be more persuasive. So um, I've been doing that at a lot of companies. I've done it at you know all my major clients and doing it at women's workshops or women's, um, not workshops, but conferences around the Bay Area. And I think it's, it's really fun. It's really exciting. It's really, women are really thirsty for these, for these things. So that's been great. Yeah, that I was my next question. I'm going to hold it for one second, but when you were talking about email communication, is that something that you also hit on too in your workshops? Or I remember being as when I graduated college and I would email someone or even in college, whatever, but I would email someone and I wouldn't get the response that I thought I should get. It was, their response would be super short. And I always remember thinking, Oh man, like they must not like me when really they're just busy. So what are some of the things that you, aside from just getting to the point right away, is there anything else when it comes to email communication? Yeah, I would say well, getting to the point. And other than that is there's some great templates out here and I'm going to have to follow up because I'm trying to think of the name, but you know, people should Google like great follow-up email templates, things like that. But but you making them brief, mirroring whatever the person kind of does, mirroring that that's what the length of your email as well. And also not taking it personally, like going back to your point of like, oh, this person didn't respond. So that means they must not like me and I'm not going to follow up. No, no, no. You know, follow up. They're just busy. And so they might have missed it. So in that follow up, taking out that language of I'm sorry to bother you and I hope I'm not being a pain you know, taking out that the, those disclaimers, let's just assume, assume the best, assume that you're not a pain in the butt and just write a quick, concise follow-up email without any, any insinuation that you're a pain. Yeah. And when you do that, cause I always used to do that cause I was worried. I didn't want to bother people. I did. I wanted people, you know, I want people to like me, but I noticed when I took off, uh, all that, all of that stuff, people were much more responsive. So assume the best and don't take things personally. Just follow up. Say, hey, just trying to stay on your radar. Here we go. You know, here's 
I, I think that um, that can make a big difference in emails. So taking out extra language, like I was just wondering, sorry to bother you, things like that can make a big difference. That's good. I'm going to start notice. I'm going to start looking at my emails and go, oh, need to edit that. Take uh-huh. that out. So this has been fantastic. Are there any books or publications that you recommend people read if they want to learn more about presentation and communication? Yeah. Well, I think Lean In for Women is a great book. I mean, a lot of people know about it, but you know, it's a, it's a good book. And chapter six specifically speaks to communication. So Lean In. Uh, one of the books that I love for presentation skills is called As We Speak mm. by Peter Myers and Shane Nix. It's really, it's a really good book, As We Speak. Another fun one that I just think is just actually kind of was life-changing for me was the audiobook The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. You are, I just interviewed someone else yesterday and she said the same exact book. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so it's, and I think other people have said it too. So if you haven't read it yet, you got to read it, including myself, which is on my bookshelf, but yes. Yeah, definitely. And so it's not a, um, it's only audiobook, but it's great for the car ride, exercising. I mean, it, 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 from a couple angles. One, it really talks about how to put things into perspective. And I think we're all so busy. So, you know, we're reacting all the time. So kind of slowing down, allowing yourself to have a little, um, white space, like in your day. So you're not just going from thing to thing, which will actually have a huge impact on your communication. So power vulnerability, really good. And also from the aspect of storytelling, because for every, um, concept she talks about, she follows up with personal stories of her life and she's really funny. And so it's a great to study storytelling from, from Brene Brown. So the power of vulnerability. And finally, I would say watch some TED Talks. So if you want to become a better communicator, study the masters, watch, you know, six minute TED Talk, you know, a couple a week and just kind of watch what they do, how they use their voice, how they tell stories. And that will help a lot in your own communication. Fantastic. This has been amazing. And so tell us for the listeners too, where they can find you and connect with you, especially if anyone's listening and wants your wants to use your services. Great. So my website is lighthousecommunicate.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Lighthouse Communications, with different videos and such. And my, my email's on there, but um, my email is Anne, it's very long, Anne at lighthousecommunicate.com. Or you can just do Ann Ricketts at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's perfect. And we'll put those in the show notes too. Thanks. And so you guys can follow up with Ann as well. But Ann, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you, Amanda. It's fun. Amazing information. So thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week. What's up, girlfriend? Okay, here's the audio one second. Be sure to visit her... (laughs) Just kidding, hold on.